Welcome to Plato's Gravity, a homebrew podcast. This is Aaron. I'm also Aaron. That's incorrect. Oh, you know what, uh, Aaron? You know when you like introduce the podcast, you know what it always reminds me of? Um, no. Uh, did you ever see the movie Hocus Pocus? You still haven't said your name. Uh, I'm Jason. I I'm ha- Jason, I have and not seen I'm it. not Aaron. I have not seen the movie. Hocus Pocus with Bette Midler. Sir, sir. No. Uh, it, well, then the reference is lost, and I am still not Aaron. Welcome. Today we are excited to welcome our first live guest. We are joined by Sean Gilligan. Sean is a lieutenant at the Washington D.C. Fire and EMS, and he's the former president of the Emerald Society of Firefighters of Washington D.C. He happens to be in town for the annual Fire Department Instructors Conference. And he recently completed his first batch, which was an Aztec Mexican Cerveza by Mr. Mm. Beer. Uh, He caught the brewing bug shortly after helping fellow brewer Jason Lurch with a Belgian triple. Sean, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. No problem. So how long are you in town for the conference? Uh, I'll be leaving Friday night, flying out late. I guess it'll still be going on, but we only get a small window. All right. About three, four days. I guess you guys have uh, bigger things to cater to back home. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we start every show by sharing a beer. Sean, what did you choose for us to drink today? Well, uh, it's stringent rules on uh, my selection, assisted my selection. Uh, It had to be beer from the area that I come from. Okay. It had to be purchasable by anybody in the Indianapolis area. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I went with, I definitely, I figured... Being brewers and having guests, you probably get all these crazy IPAs, and I wanted to stay away from IPA. I want to get something different. That mm. uh, so I picked a wit beer. Sure, it's a Dogfish Head. They're out of Delaware. I enjoy them when I'm in Ocean City. They're down into my area. My area is really rich with a lot of uh, different breweries: RAR, Eastern Shore Brewery, mm. and Dogfish Head is like a top competitor in the area. Sweet. Yeah, they're like honestly, they're kind of competitive in this area. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think because I know on a previous episode. I've said what my first craft beer was. And I want to say that I know it wasn't Dogfish Head, like the, oh, yeah. May, no, it might have been like the 90-minute IPA mm-hmm. or something like that. They have a wide selection. Then uh, it's almost hard to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> the one you've chosen for us is a very nice example of a, of a wit beer, I think. Yes. Nice and, and orangey on the nose, as you would expect. Any other thoughts, Jason? I like it. No, I was going to say, like, Dogfish Head, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, they invented the hop shaker. Yeah, the one where they just, like, throw the hops in slowly over time. All right, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a television show about the guy on Mm. the Discovery Channel? Hmm. I am almost a million percent positive. There's gonna there's gonna be one listener out there that's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that show. It was fine." Now there was a brewer from my area, mm. at the Delaware. Mar- they call it uh, Delmarva, Delaware, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Uh, his name is Tim Tim Miller. He purchased the rights for National Premium Beer, which the, they're most known for National Bohemian. That okay, was the okay. blue collar man's beer. Yeah, and he p- purchased National Premium which was the white-collar man's beer that didn't really last that long because there's a lot more blue-collar in Baltimore area. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, he bought the rights for it. I actually sat down. Uh, they do a beer fest at my volunteer firehouse. Hmm. Uh, big shout-out to Chris Hash. He puts it on. It's his second year. He did it successfully, and they bring in much variety. A lot of guys like Dogfish, Tim came in, and when he purchased it, he uh, said it didn't taste like he remembered when he was younger. 
So mm. he tracked down the original brewer who was born in Ireland, came to the United States when he was eight, and he had him at the beer fest. Like awesome story, great beer. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice pils. It's uh, that guy was on Pickers. He was on Discovery oh, okay. Channel and Pickers selling signs to help support the purchase of National Premium. I'm given to understand that pils is what brewers drink. When we're not looking. That's, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm told, too. It's good stuff. In fact, I, I actually kind of want to get into brewing Pilsners, especially kind of some hop-forward Pilsners. I had a couple of them that were commercial examples, and I'm pretty excited to bring some of those to life. I think Pilsner got a bad name from the uh, from the light lager movement. Yes. You've talked a little bit about some of the, the beers that you drink and the beers that you've been affiliated with. As a new home brewer, you don't have a lot of your own recipes, I'm sure, to go to. So what's your go-to craft beer? About anything from Eastern Shore Brewery. Those oh, guys are uh, okay. Okay, they're a bunch of deadheads. I got to sit down and because I live so close to St. Michael's, Maryland, hmm. I can travel down there, and my schedule permits it too. I'm uh, I work one day on a 24 hour shift, and then oh. I'm off for three, so I have a lot of free time. Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, when I first moved, I heard about these guys. I had tried their beer once or twice, and I went down, and they brew every day. They're putting stuff out. They have. They're starting to get bigger. The Eastern Shore guys are just. Wicked awesome. Like I said, they're deadheads, so they're just chill people to hang with. And yeah. you can tell stories all day. Absolutely. That sounds good. Do you have a favorite that sticks out? They have a porter. I forget the, the name of their porter, but that's it's my go-to. It's like a little bit of coffee, mm. um, some like raspberry hint kind Ooh. of thing. And it's if I have my choice, that's that's what I'm going to do. That's what you're going to drink. Yep. So you just started brewing. Uh, you said you you have a, a friend Jason who who helped you out uh, yep. when you were an apprentice for. So did he twist your arm, or is this something you've been interested in doing for a while? Well, I was telling you guys before. I every once in a while I'll hit a period of boredom that I'll be like, I got to do yeah. something new, and I try to make it meaningful. Like years ago, I taught myself how to fly fish. I smoking beef and pork and stuff like that. That mm. was another little thing I learned, and I, I got really good at that. And I hit that point. And Jason came to me and said, uh, he goes, man, I want you to come and help me brew. I said, like, you need help? He goes, no, I want to show you. He goes, I'm sure you'll you'll like it. Man, oh, man, I was hooked. He And he's a very knowledgeable guy. He's a Long Island, he's Long Island born out in Deer Park. Mm-hmm. Just matter of fact, like, you know how some New Yorkers, they're just, hey, yeah, this is it. And he's yeah. very matter of fact. He's, he's I consider him a genius because he can answer all my questions. Like, in, he, he mm. give me deep, deep explanations of stuff. So, because I'm always afraid of, investing that time and that money and trying to do something great and then failing, then you'll be like, oh, gotta, right. walk, gotta walk away. I, it's yeah. nice to have someone to get you started. Actually, Jason was, uh, my my friend Jason got me into brewing. That's uh, me. Yeah, Jason. Well, Jason I'm just glad to I know did. that we're friends, honestly, <laughs> like after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> it's official. So you, you have a, a setup. You talked a little bit uh, before we got on the air about your first setup. How'd you go about uh, deciding what to order for your first big brew day? Well, he uh, he also brews wine, so he had a bunch of stuff, and I asked questions, what, why, what should I, what would you do different? Sure. And I try to incorporate that, and instead of buying the big pack for the $1, I try mm. to like piecemeal a little bit, and there's some stuff that wasn't in there, and so it took me a little bit to gather it all together so I could get my first brew going. Okay, how, how long's a little bit? Like, how long from the time you decided, I'm going to get into this to brew day? How long is that? Because of work. Yeah. Uh, it was probably a week. Oh, okay. Because uh, I went with Jason and I talked and I, like I said, questions out the yang. You mm, know? Right. And uh, so I started ordering my stuff and then I realized I didn't have and I ordered a little more and then, and I, I was real itchy. By the time everything came in and I was ready to go, like the bottles and the, the yeah, sanitizer absolutely. and all that stuff, yeah. I was like, I got to do it. I, I can't wait. So... So did he come over to help you for the first time or are you solo? Nope. I went solo because what he does... Uh, 
I call it like third grade brewing is what I did. I got that that uh, malt and everything, and it's just yeah, it had the hops included, hot hot water, mix, stir, pour, whatever. Yeah, yeah, cool. He does. He he cooks his hops. It's got to be specific temperatures, times, and uh, his is more graduated than mine. So I wanted to try to fly without him mm-hmm. on something simple. But I'm sure if I get into the bigger end of it, I'm, wa- I'm going to want him by my side. Okay. At the, I mean, at the end of the day, though, I suppose that in both cases, when you're brewing with him and when you brewed by yourself, still made beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah beer, beer is robust. It's, it's, uh, it's easy to make and it's hard to master. Yeah. <laughs> Proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. That's, That's exactly, true. That is exactly correct. Well, and like Bell's, uh, man, I hope, I hope it's Bell's. Too hard. Would say. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. No, this is me because I we're drinking Namaste from Dogfish Head. And for some reason, there's a brewery up in Michigan called Bell's. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two-hearted logo is... Uh, uh, sorry, the Bell's logo. Damn it. See what I'm doing here? I'm getting really confused. The Dogfish Head logo is a Dogfish Head fish, right? Yeah, dogfish. It's a shark. Yeah. I caught one of those once on the... Uh... Atlantic Coast. Oh, are they nice. big? No. Uh, actually, I caught one. It was uh, about 42, 43 inches. Okay. That seems... That would rival the state record. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I was... I, they have these laws that you can't keep sharks. So I immediately <laughs> unhooked it in the water and let it go. But they took a picture of me and they estimate the size. Sure. Yeah. They were like, it's darn close to four foot. And that would have been a state record. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I, I didn't know. That's uh, that's too bad. Uh, but it's a, that's a great story. Yeah, well, I'm full, of, I'm full of great stories. It's much better than my story about how I get confused between the names of Dogfish Head and Bells. Because Bells has a beer with a fish on the label. Is it a two-hearted fish? It is, in fact, a two-hearted fish. And ever since uh, college, I've made the mistake of calling uh, each one of those breweries. I'm going to stop saying their names because I can't keep them straight. Ugh. So have you... Uh, <laughs> you have your uh, your first beer is in the bottles. So you haven't had a chance to sample that Mexican cerveza. That's correct. That you did. Are you planning your next one? Well, yeah, my next one, they have a what's called, a, I believe it's an enhancer. Okay. So what I'm going to do is the first one they estimate is going to be about 3.7. And like I said, I didn't have the graduated cylinder sure. to do the specific gravity and find out what my ABV was. Sure. So uh, my next one I'm going to do put the enhancer in. They say that'll increase it, the uh, ABV by about 1.3, 1.5. Okay, so it'd be you, right around a 5.0 beer? Yeah. So I'm right. gonna, that's going to be my next one. I'm going to do the same thing, just a little different. And then I think I'm going to get on the diving board at the deep end and, and, and do me a lager or a... Uh, Something, something with substance that it, it's going to take concentration and determination to make. Yeah. All right. So let, let's turn this on its head. Normally, it's just us asking the the folks questions, but since you are a little new to this, I'm going to give you a, a, a minute to say, okay. So if you would like to do a lager, that's a style that uh, takes a little bit of equipment, a little bit of style. So what questions would you have for us about breaking into the lagering world? I, I think that my biggest fear is like taste, like the that that whole forward hops forward and stuff like that like the 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 wit here mm. you know i could taste the clove and it's just enough clove i like sure I, like yeah. that I don't ever want to how do i stop from going too much taste you know i i think the the answer the the fun answer to that is use the internet for other people's recipes <laughs> yeah. to start because what you're really looking for is balance yeah uh and that's and, and there's the the word i was missing balance d- different styles yeah. Uh, are looking for different things. I find when I'm starting to make a recipe, my first go-to is the BJCP style guideline. 
I'm not, a, and that makes Jason over here a little bit nervous. I'm sorry, the what? He hates brewing the style. He just wants to brew. I don't hate is. brewing. I like beer. Uh, I, you know what? I've been thinking about this lately because I, I'm kind of a music nerd. Like I'm, I'm really into a lot of music, and I'm I'm really into a lot of beer. And I think it was 2018. Uh, word of the year was tribalism, right? Which is to say that like everyone kept siloing themselves off into like I'm part of this category, I'm part of that category. Now suddenly everyone's part of a tribe, right? Mm-hmm. And some people are hopheads, that's their tribe. That's what they associate with. Some people are Belgian. Like my my tribe, my people are people that listen to music. And my tribe are the people that drink beer. I used to buy you Aaron's right. I used to hate people that would brew to style. Oh, where's the art in that? Who cares? It tastes good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a style be- precisely because it tastes good, or someone's brewed it in the past. So I'll get off my soapbox. That's all right. You have a you have a, actually you have a large tribe. If come to think of it, yeah, yeah. the There's music listening beer drinkers. I'm mm-hmm. I'm part of that tribe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we were talking. So you're a pretty big deadhead. Uh, I can't say I'm a big deadhead. When I was younger, before Jerry died, mm. uh, I just started to get into him. I had a good friend of mine who's another beer fanatic, Dave Roman. Mm. He uh, I grew up near him in uh Wilkes-Barre Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay. And he uh he moved to Arizona and he works for he used to work for Sheriff Joe. Sheriff uh, Joe. But Dave was always very music eclectic. He 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 showed me the great side of the dead, the, the good people and when I moved to Maryland there was there was a big dead tribe down here. Yeah. Wilmer's Park and all that. He used to go to shows, three, four day shows at the on the weekends uh, at Wilmer's. I'm the dead is like my Zen. My, okay. You know, with life beat is all crazy, man. Put a little bit of dead on and you chill. You remember the good days and the good people. It's something like as much music as I listen to, I've never really listened enough to the dead. Mm-hmm. But I have never met a deadhead that I didn't just absolutely love. It's, like it's the spirit. It's uh, you know, and that's what I learned from the people I hung with. Man, they were they were just chill, down to earth, brass tacks, bare bones. You and me, we're humans. Let's. Let's make it a good time. Yeah. It's a good tribe. It's yeah. a good tribe. Isn't it? If we get back to the the original question in terms of, of lagering, if you if you look at the style, it's going to give you clues as to which flavor should be forward. Um, in fact, this is kind of a preview to the question for the day, so I'm going to move on uh, just a little bit. We have a question about which ingredients are most important. And you know what? Let's actually just do this right now. Every show, we have a listener mailbag question. Because of this conversation, we're going to ask the listener mailbag question early in the show. Mm-hmm. Today's question comes from a very... Good friend of the show. Uh, his name is Skip. Uh, hey, Skip. Skip is wonderful. Not only is Skip someone that we respect and love, and he gives us great feedback on our beer, but we named a beer after him. Our IPA is called Skip to My Brew. And uh, nice. he's one of the few people uh, who has had a chance to listen to the previous episodes of the podcast. So this is a true listener question. And Skip wants to know, which is more important in terms of flavor, the hops or the grain? So I... I know you're relatively new to brewing. Do you have any? Do you have any? We'll give, I, we'll give Sean a new chance. To drinking. Well, I'm fifty. I, I've, I have a fifty percent chance of getting this wrong, and chances I will. <laughs> I just, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I watched him, you know, do the greens and the hops, and he's like, "Listen, you put the hops in closer to the end, you get more bang. Mm. You put them in a little earlier, and then take them out. You know, so I'm, I'm still a student. I'm, I'm waste. I can't thank you guys enough for having me, but 
I, I don't want to act like I know because I do. Well, I mean, it gives, <laughs> I, I, and we want to thank you for coming on. I mean, it gives us it, it gives us a really fun perspective to share with the, with the listeners to yeah. to talk not only to someone who's done this for a while, but to kind of go back to when we all first started yeah. and kind of get 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 that fresh perspective. Tell you, it, well, I was I was I was like giddy when when yeah. I finally was, you know heating everything up and and then when i was bottling the other night my wife was with me and i was taking pictures of it i have a couple pictures i'll show you like i had one that just didn't look right so i marked the, at the top of yeah. it you know what <laughs> i mean just right. in case you know what yeah. did i do wrong you know yeah we we have separate co- colored bottle caps for this oh yeah. yeah that's a great idea that's yeah, a solid idea right there i have Listen, so much to can, learn you guys can write that down yeah, just <laughs> watching listening to you guys talk amongst yourselves i'm learning you know so from my perspective there you have a hundred percent chance of getting that question correct because it depends on the style as to which which ingredient is is more important. So there's hop forward beers like IPAs, pale mm. ales, where the hops run the show, and the mm. job of the malt is really just to lay the foundation, lay the table. There's some uh, interesting beers like English bitters or stouts where it should be in the middle. You really need a balance between mm. the hops and and the malt. You really need to have both of those flavors kind of shining through. And then there's beers like this wheat beer or this Marzen where the answer is neither. And it really, really, <laughs> uh, really you want the yeast character to shine through. Mm-hmm. Is that the same with like a Hefeweizen? Yeah. Yeah, okay. where you really want the yeast character. And I, earlier I said Marzen before. I was reading my list too quickly. Actually, for a Marzen or an Oktoberfest style beer, uh, that's actually a beer where you want the malt to come through and, and kind of run the show, and you want very limited hop character. The hops there are just just to provide bitterness. So the most important ingredient is the one you want to taste in the finished product and the beer that you design. And I think that's why I like to go to the style guidelines to get my start because it gives me a sense of what it is I'm after when I say this is the style I want to brew, and then I can just take off from there. And well, do what th- I, want. I think you sent me the app or made me aware of the app that you could put down your recipes and and it's a very, I didn't get to even really explore a lot because like I said, the the first brew is, is going to be the simplest. The second one's going to be sure a little step up. And then Mm. I think I'm going to, as long as everything goes well, (laughs) I think I'm going to start putting heart and challenge into whatever I make. I know I'm going to make some mistakes, but hopefully I keep them (laughs) as small as possible. (laughs) Right. You know, I think the, the thing every home brewer I think is trying to avoid is the dump batch. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, that's that's what I'm afraid of because I'll be so disappointed in myself. Uh, well, I mean, I don't even disappoint uh, yourself. I think I think every every dump batch is 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 the ingredients for the future successful batch. Uh, we learn things. I mean, I think if you if you spoil a batch because you didn't clean, I think maybe then you can be disappointed yeah, in walk yourself. Away. Oh no, come on! <laughs> you just know to clean more the next time. I uh, guess there still is a lesson learned there, but I mean, sanitize, sanitize. Well, the sanitize. way, yeah. What do we say when I when we were going back and forth? Yeah, <laughs> Jay, that's the one thing he said. But I feel like I'm going into an OR when I'm. Like doctor, doctor, yeah. you know, I got my hands up, gloved up, or whatever. So when I first started, uh, even though my mentor, who's sitting to my left here, Jason, let me know that sanitation is really important after the boil, when because you know the boil is going to take yeah. care of all your mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I forced Jason through the pain of like sanitizing everything on the cold side before we brew, before we boiled. I was like, I don't want any bugs in this beer. Oh Seriously. yeah, was, yeah, well, and that's like I. St- I still ascribe to the notion that, um, I I don't know, I'm kind of a gross dude. Like, just, like, I mean, look at me. I judge lest I be judged. Oh, (laughs) my God. Thank you for saying that. Anytime. But, like, I don't know. If it's going into the boil, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to clean it. 
I maybe maybe gross is not that maybe lazy is the right word. Really, Aaron and I make a really good brewing team. Mm-hmm. Good. A nice balance. I I want to do things just exactly so perfect. And I like lifting things out of hot water. Uh, understood. Yeah. Understood. But the beer's good. The beer's good. We haven't uh, we haven't dumped a batch that we collaborated on. We have uh, dumped one batch that we brewed on the same day. We had a competition beer. Which so we what did to. what did you do? Did you hurry up? Right back to the drawing board and do it. Do something else. So, well, or did the, you like take a little time and embrace embrace your mistake? The one we messed up is gonna. I mean, may become infamous, infamous on the show. This will be the second time that we've we've alluded to it. But Jason maybe busted a hygrometer in the beer. Yeah, uh, the hydrometer did not make it through the beer day. So you were talking earlier about not having a, a cylinder to take your gravity measurement exactly. with. So what we've traditionally done. And do we still do this? I don't remember what we did last we time. We used to take the gravity. For, we take our gravity in the pot. Yeah. We uh, just put the hydrometer right in the metal pot. And I put my hydrometer in my metal pot a bit um, overzealously. Uh, and it, understood. And it shattered in the, in the pot. And we racked it off and we let it ferment. Not only did we have glass in the thing... Right, which I uh, you you might assume that like most of the glass came out when we like racked it into uh, second or into the carboy, mm-hmm. but I the the rubber bung that I used to seal the carboy was probably from the first batch of beer I had ever made, which was about ten years ago, mm-hmm. and I hadn't used this bung since, and I didn't I put it in sanitizer, yeah. but like that rubber was holding on to something. <laughs> Yeah, just like there was something funky in there that as soon as it came in contact with beer was like, well, I'm going to ruin this. Forget it, yeah. Yeah, so not only did I have glass in my beer, it was the glass jaw porter Mm is what I named it, and then I dumped it out. Not only did it have glass in it, but it also went super funky. That was just, that's fine. (laughs) There's other questions too that like, when do I use the carboy? Like, do I put it in the bucket for like a week? Like, if I'm double fermenting and then go to carboy after that and keep it out of light? Like, there's, there's, I have so many questions. I mean, it, it, I think if you're going to go from primary to secondary fermentation yep. and you have a bucket and a carboy, as long as size is in a consideration with the size of either vessel, I would start in the bucket and move to the carboy because you're going to get more yeast and trub in the bottom of your primary yep. and that's going to be easier to clean mm-hmm. than into the carboy. But, Honestly, I think that's that's kind of small bones. I don't think it really matters. And for anyone new to brewing, trub is shit in your bucket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, I, 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 I gotcha. It's shit comprised of yeast and hops, yes. mostly. But yes, shit <laughs> shit made of protein, yeast, and hops. Don't touch that. Uh, in your bucket. So no, I, that's that's kind of what would be my yeah. my thing. And, you know, bucket, carboy, whatever. They're, when you get into really tight control and things that you're trying to do with developing yeast flavors and doing yeast forward beers. Um, there's some science about the shape of your fermenter and the, because if you're, if your fermenter is narrow and tall, the beer at the bottom is actually under pressure and that does some different things with the yeast. Oh, the cyl- cylindrical gravity. Right. Yeah. I gotcha. So that, that can change the beer. If you have a flat, long fermenter, it's not under pressure and that can sort of have an effect in the way you, your yeast is behaving but Mm -hmm. these are things that i mean these aren't certainly things that i take into account when i'm playing with beer and also i don't try to do a lot of yeast forward beers because i think we don't have a regular situation where we're controlling temperature in the fermentation Mm -hmm. and 
if you don't have control of temperature and fermentation, it's kind of dangerous, I think, to try to play with some yeast-forward beers. Yeah, I think that's uh, above my pay grade right now. Yeah, <laughs> Way above my pay grade. So you st- stick to those hobby forward beers uh-huh. or malt forward beers. You uh-huh. can usually you usually succeed. It's uh, it's also uh, so when you're doing your initial fermentation, uh, you want a bunch of air in the beer, right? You want to aerate the beer. Mm-hmm. So a bigger vessel, and it's not because the yeast is so active, it will push out most of the oxygen from whatever container you put it in, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's not really going to matter at that point because we do ferment in a carboy. So we do our primary fermentation most of the time in a carboy. But that's just because we have a bunch of carboys. Yeah. Traditionally, I've just used a bucket for that. And then secondary, because honestly, you kind of want to get as close to the top of the carboy as you can where it starts to narrow, right? Because you want to avoid as much exposure as possible to air. Mm-hmm. Right. The other, the other, that, that, that's a good point, Jason. The other piece of advice about this would be to choose your smaller vessel for the secondary fermentation and your larger vessel for the primary fermentation. So you don't have, you want some more headspace in your primary fermentation because you'll have uh, the risk of it kind of, you know, coming out of the top or, mm-hmm. or frothing over. That's no good. But you, as Jason mentioned, you want as little headspace as possible in your secondary fermentation because that's just a chance for oxygen to stay in contact with the beer longer and oxygen after fermentation is no good not sure so you're i should probably go with five gallon batches with that idea than opposed to uh two and a half two or two and a half gallon batches Mm. i think for primary fermentation it doesn't much matter if i I mean when you get when you go into the carb the carboy or for for secondary fermentation if i was doing a two and a half gallon batch i wouldn't go into secondary i gotcha yep i just and the primary fermentation is going to blow all that oxygen out super quick, so you're not going to have too much issue. Wicked. Jay's going to be so proud of me because I'm going to go home with knowledge that he didn't give me. Yeah. You guys are well, awesome, you know, man. Thank and, you. And the, the cool thing about this is, especially when you're talking about fermentation control, Jay might have some different advice, and, and there's going to be research or things to back that up. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would love it if our listeners would uh, give us their opinions about how to Do manage. not ask the internet. To, to, to give to, us comments, <laughs> I want I want I want some comments on our I'm just kidding, fermentation internet. advice. We might learn a little a few things ourselves, uh, but I think the answers definitely vary depending on on how much equipment you have and how much control you have uh, over temperature. And I, I probably don't want to get that far ahead of myself yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stick stick with what works and then graduate. So if you had the next piece of equipment, what would it be? He has a, my man has a, a, a pump for bottling where you, it's like a siphon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I had to do is I had to do gravity. I had to put my, okay. put my thing yeah. up high and, you know, I didn't, didn't want to shake it all up before when I got it up. Right. Because at that point, oxygen yeah. is bad. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I was bottling with the push down, what are they called? Push. Yeah, it's oh, a bottle filler. Bo- uh, the yeah. Bo- yeah, exactly. The bottle filler. Lifesaver is what it's called. Exactly. <laughs> Phil, you're d- now you're done. Yeah. And uh, I probably want the, uh, the the siphon for transfer and stuff like that. that that'll that probably be that and the graduated cylinder should be waiting for me when I get home. Sweet. Yeah, the graduate. So I, I, I'm kind of frustrated about the graduated cylinder because for like three years we've been brewing. And we were using our, our wine thief to do our gravity measurements. Uh-huh. And we were trying to measure it through the like little wine thief because no one ever really told me about a graduated cylinder. And so I apparently it's more didn't of a ask beer thief. The, inter- the internet. It's, it's a beer thief. It's, it's called a wine thief. So then I was doing uh, some research that for was Plato's my Gravity. In college. <clears throat> and of course, 
Plato, we, we were, I was trying to figure out what our logo would look like, and I played around with the idea of having a hydrometer on our logo, and so I searched for images. He talked for months about having a hydrometer on the logo. Spoiler alert. My there's, God. There's no hydrometer on the logo. Uh, it didn't look right. But I was looking at images on Google, and I saw all these people using graduated cylinders and then just filling it to the top and then getting rid of the foam problem when you when you measure and i was like damn it so i ordered a graduated cylinder like three weeks ago it's it's the best awesome and again you guys are like way up here (laughs) well and what's what's really interesting is we kind of feel that way about most of the people we we interview we're Uh doing a brew in a bag system so we are doing all grain Uh Um, we're usually fermenting in the basement without temperature control there's some some ways to go in brewing. You can you can do some professional level stuff at home with some of the equipment that's available. So we might actually kind of go through. Well, I t- I'll tell you what, the one thing coming out of it, I'll come out of after talking with you guys mm-hmm. and you know sharing a beer or two, the creativity. You you guys aren't afraid. Like part of me had this whole thought in my head that uh, don't don't make a bit. You know oh. any mistake is bad no matter how small. Yeah. But you guys make it seem like it's you know a little more not like seat of the pants, but uh, a little more flexible, a little more. Yeah, you know, don't 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 overstress it like uh, a de- like a dead show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, hey, let's ride. There's you a know? little bit like, and I think this kind of goes along with liking to make beer. I, like I like to cook, or I like to eat. I like flavor, mm-hmm. uh, so I like to bake as well. And a lot of people who like to cook talk about they don't like to bake because there's too much. You have to be too specific. You have to put too much science into it. Yeah, and th- there are a few, I guess, formulas you have to know to get like the base level but at a certain point even if you mess that up a little bit you'll still get something edible and maybe it's good and maybe it's not mm-hmm. it's called lesson in a bottle yeah <laughs> like usually when you read a recipe anyway especially when you're talking about baking and this is especially true of beer making too it's very intrinsic of the place where the recipe was made which is to say that most recipes for baked goods uh, the temperature and the time are because you're at a certain altitude, you're in a certain climate. The same thing is true of beer, where it's you're expected to have a certain kind of water, a certain kind of conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you have a recipe, it's not perfect unless you're that exact same person in that sa- exact same place. Like you said, and with the same altitude. With- yeah. Right. So with, with the same water, because that that's a variable too that most that I understand you that can affect taste and you can definitely play with some water we yeah. usually cheat around here at plato's gravity we we get reverse osmosis water mm-hmm. from the store and then our homebrew shop great fermentations has this product called beer dust which is basically you know has good water chemistry f- depending on the style you brew and you dump that in and it kind of reverse osmosis gives you a blank slate and then the beer dust just gets your water chemistry so you can't mess up too bad yeah Tough. but there are water nerds when i made my first batch I went right for the oh absolutely the, 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 the filtered water. water. I'm not using that tap water for any reason. Well, the, the the one interesting thing about brewing with an extract kit like you did is mm-hmm. the the water chemistry is less important mm-hmm. because the people who made the extract kind of took care of it for you. Yeah. The big push with water chemistry, or one of the bigger pushes with water chemistry, is getting the pH correct so that the enzymes can do their work and break down those sugars. Yep. But that extract already has those sugars broken down, so that's a nice benefit of brewing with extract that you don't have to. To really worry about creating those sugars, so it's it's less important. But if you have a, a bunch of minerality, that that can still come through in the beer. That's no good. Yeah. Well, the, the water just doesn't taste right to begin with. You yeah. I mean? like, right. Good water makes good beer. That's that, that was my belief. So. Yeah, well, that's. Um, I was in man. I was in Canada like 
Th- was that this year? Last year? Uh, I believe it was the beginning of this year. The beginning of this year, I was in the Yukon mm-hmm. up in like northwest Canada. I was in Whitehorse, and there's a brewery there called Winter Long Brewery. Mm-hmm. And I was actually there visiting a friend who had just moved there. And we were just sitting at the brewery playing cards, and the like the head brewer was just... I was eavesdropping on mm-hmm. him. And he was talking about how they had tried, when they first opened, to brew their beer with water out of the Yukon River. Because how cool would that be to get that like flavor of the place... And that's like the history of beer is taking water out of rivers mm-hmm. and turning it into delicious tasting good times. Rolling Rock beer. Yeah. yeah. The, the 33, everybody wondered, they were like, Prohibition, it's this, it's that. They, they, it says right on the bottle that they used 33 different water sources to make their brew, which is wicked awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I drank a ton of Rolling Rock before I got into the kind of small craft brewery movement. Mm-hmm. Rolling Rock and Amberbach were my two, were Get my out. two, yeah, and I actually have an Amberbach here on the show today, so <laughs> every now and again I go back to the well of my, yep. uh, of my former drinking life. I thought that that was just like a bottle that we had recycled into homebrew. I was <laughs> like, oh, not, no, I wonder I, what's in I, there. I, uh, drinking, well, drinking an Amberbach as the side beer today. Well, did I tell you what I, I named my first brew? Uh-uh. Well. I think it was, uh, Green Stripe. You, you got it. Yeah, Green absolutely. Stripe. I got the same bottles that, uh. The not green stripe company uses mm. same exact bottles. I got a couple. I'm ordering labels for it. You got to kind of work it up a little bit. It's not important, That's, but it's it's part well, of the, it's your first brew. I the mean, fancy, go, go yeah. All the way. Labels are next step. Like that is uh-huh. uh, that makes it feel real. It's like when Aaron finished the logo that doesn't have a hydrometer in it. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it does. It makes it. It makes it feel. Was real. It, you can. Was you can the, check that logo out at Plato's Gravity on was, Twitter. Was it the hydrometer massacre that caused the hydrometer not to be on the logo? That was no. actually a long. Well, I don't know. A long uh, time ago. Honestly, three years? honestly, it was. Years? It was the. That was like three years ago. Yeah, probably it was the difficulty in creating a hydrometer-based logo that didn't have a phallic appearance. I think. Ah. For those at home who don't know what a phallus is. <laughs> well played, friend. Well go- played. Go- Google it. Not at work. Go- Google uh, it. Uh, Google it. I, I will just add that the uh, what they ended up doing with Winterlong Brewery is not use water out of the Yukon because it was gross. Mm, yeah. Because, like, you know, I mean, we just kind of throw shit in rivers now and... So what they do, and actually that's true of like a lot of small breweries, is they use they spend a lot of money on a nice filtration system, and then they add back the chemicals they need. Mm-hmm. But even if you look, I, I was thinking about this. You look at like the big breweries, like Coors or Anheuser Busch, or mm-hmm. um, like those are all where they're at because there's a giant river. But that's the thing with Coors. Like I've had Coors from the West Coast. I've had Coors from yeah. the South. I've had. Course from the northeast, course, course light, whatever. Sure, they're, they're they're different. I don't really. I don't think they're using the same source. Oh, I'm for every try one of this them. now. Did they did they all taste like the Rockies? I have never tasted Rockies. I- so Indianapolis, pretty flat. Is it is uh, what's it like back where you're from? Maryland, same kind of flat. Like okay. everything is near sea level. You know where I grew up in Pennsylvania, they have Blue Ridge Mountains cutting through. Like mm. that's that's like woodsy Maryland, pretty flat. Yeah, nice. Now speaking of Maryland, where you're from, 
you uh, you share with us that before you got into homebrewing, and still you've been in pretty big into the craft beer scene. So can you talk about? I think you worked you worked at a brewery before. Yeah, I um, well, I worked for a company that had its own brewery. Okay, um, Fordham. Fordham Brewery okay. was owned by the same people who owned Ram's Head Tavern. Sure. And it was a great story. Bill, the uh, the owner, he talked about hard work and determination. Mm-hmm. He had this little like barbershop kind of bar where he sold beer and uh, sandwiches. And he just kept selling beer and sandwiches, had a great atmosphere. He expanded, he expanded. And another great story is uh, he called Budweiser to to come in and be a part of his taps like when he was setting it up mm. and Budweiser's like yeah yeah we'll get to you we'll get to you we'll get to you and he kind of got upset because he's like he's like listen I, I'm, I'm ready to launch here right. I need you guys to come in they're like whenever we get there we'll get there you need us more than we need you he's like guess what Ooh. no Anheuser-Busch Damn products right. in wow. his in his any of his establishments when I worked there and that was the greatest story but uh, when I started working there they were so beer minded mm. they sat down and they gave you a lesson they gave you a sampler of all the beers they they made sure and you sipped it and they talked to you about it and what it's good with what it'll pair with why it tastes like this why mm. it doesn't taste like the other one they gave you beer knowledge and that that was like wicked awesome like everybody there was like we we're all about the beers i think my favorite was copperhead the uh they started bottling it it didn't taste as good as it did coming out of the coming uh, out of the tap coming out of the tap it never but it, does so. Yeah, well, and again, they had some good brand name, and they were just good beer, like full-body yeah. beer. How did you... So you're a firefighter now. Did the, yep. You working at Ram's Head was before that? Yeah. Great long story. I'll try to make it as short as I can, but eh. uh, I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, I had a marriage up there. It was a good trial marriage for her, you know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was my chosen field of endeavor. She wanted a doctor, so she went and got one. Fantastic. Uh, I was just a dirty fireman. And, it was uh, a, I, I, I've never heard that turn of phrase. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, it's a trial marriage for her. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small community up there, so everybody knew your business and all that and whatever. Yeah. I was like, I got to get out. I had a buddy who was in Arlington. He's like, get out of there, man. Like, just come on down. You know you want to be hired by D.C. Get in the groove. Get in the game. Learn the lay of the land. I was like, great idea. So he put me up for a month, and I started working. I'd do anything to shake a dollar, man. I, I've, I've always had like more than one job. Sure, most yeah. of my life, and I'm not afraid to make money or be personal, personable. Ended up down in DC. Okay, met my current wife while I was waiting to get hired by DC Fire Department. And, Sweet, and since I met her, everything we touch turns to gold. That is a beautiful marriage. Yep, man, she, that she, was she, a, keeps, she keeps me alive. That, yeah, your buddy. That's like get out of there. That's a. That was a smart dude. Well, he was. Uh, he and I had been testing for fire departments all over, mm. and uh, we'd take trips. And I, he was, you know, I wasn't making the cut. And or, there was two thousand guys competing for five positions. Right. Yeah, your odds are a little low. It's not like a, it's not a high turnover job, is it? No, no. It's uh, in in my generation, it, it's like hitting the lottery. It's it's dream job. Yeah. You know, you're and it's a calling too. Not everybody can go into the fire service and be successful because in order to be successful, you have to be a servant. You have to say, I'm here for other people, for the benefit of others, not have this bravado, this hero thing that, oh yeah, I'm a firefighter. You, you can't do that. That's not how, that's not the rules. Yeah. You, you're you there. We have a contract, an unwritten contract with humanity that we will be there on their worst day and we will try our damnedest to make it better. Right. And you are a firefighter in the DC area. So were you, were you there in 2001 when some of that stuff went down? Yeah, I was uh, I was with Prince George's County Fire Department, actually a Cottage City Fire Department. There's a volunteer company in Prince George's County. They're the largest mm-hmm. combination 
career volunteer department in the United States. Okay. And I, I went there and coming out of Pennsylvania, I, I did a lot of training in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But when I moved down to PG County, everything I learned in books, I did, you know, cutting roofs, cutting cars, like there was no loss of action. Right. So I met my wife there earlier in the year. I had a pretty wicked call where I wasn't sure I was going to get out of it. And, uh, kind of put me in check because we weren't really full on committed to each other at that point. We were right. just, we're having a good time and she was divorced. I was divorced and we were both afraid of the M word or yeah, even yeah, commitment. Absolutely. And, uh, I had a pretty bad call up there and, uh, it kind of got me thinking. And then September 11th came around and I ended up at the Pentagon. Uh, I was the first ladder truck on the third alarm and we were in there and it was all the bad stuff that anybody ever told you, like multiply times two, man, I, I came out of there and that's why I was like, you know what? I've got the greatest thing in the world sitting right in front of me and I'm going to grab it. So, you know, horrible experience being there and, uh, the people who suffered and all the, all the bad stuff that went on was, uh, you know, you never, it's hard to talk about a little bit, but, uh, yeah. but I'll tell you what, I took a bad situation and made it great. Uh, well, I mean, I think just, First, thank you for your service, not only on that yeah. day, but in all the days to come. I mean, you know, that's the worst thing a fireman could say to another fireman, right? Yeah. Thank, thank you. For, thank you for your service. <laughs> like, it's what? a big joke amongst us. Oh, but, we, but we're, we're, we're very appreciative of anybody who appreciates so us. So if I'm yeah. in a club, that's, that's like a slap in the face. Well, we got, there's the initials, uh, T-Y-F-S. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Like, if we're joking on each other. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll, we'll type that in yeah, like yeah, on, yeah. on a website or Facebook or whatever, and the guy and, and immediately other firemen are like, "Yeah, whatever." Oh, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> <you know>? well, <laughs> well, uh, we're grateful. At any rate, well, thank you for for sharing that story as well. I know that that stuff can be difficult to talk about, and uh, it's kind of uplifting to hear that you you turned it into a marriage that turns everything into gold. I think that's that's I, fantastic. Every time we set a goal, it we just blow it out of the water. And I'm like, should we set one higher? She goes, no, be real. What, what if we don't hit it? I'm like, I don't think we'll have that problem. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But well, she's she's awesome. She's a worker bee like me. We're both into each other. When we when we were young in the marriage, we used to sit on our front porch and we'd kill a 30-pack. Her and me would sit there just drinking beer and dreaming. Okay, so our favorite question on the podcast, we don't bring it up every episode, but one of our favorite questions is, what is your go-to Dirty 30? My uh, uh nat- natty, like if I'm court, natty, oh, natty is is it's they call it the champagne of Delmarva. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Delmarva. I yeah, love it. like if you walk into a bar in Ocean City, Delaware, uh, Eastern Shore, Maryland, yeah, like, give me a champagne. They're like, here you go. <laughs> they know Delmarva. Del so that's the name of the course, the area that you come from, yep. or what you all call it. That, that, does that not sound to you all like like a villain in a Disney movie? Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> Delmarva. <laughs> yes. Here comes Delmarva. Delmarva. He's going to steal all our beers. <laughs> no more natty eyes for you. Getting into brewing and being in uh, a profession such as firefighting, like are your are your fellas uh, down at the brew house excited by this? Um, that would be the firehouse. Firehouse, yeah. What I say? Keeping track. Well, say well the brew house, which is oh gosh, which is uh, maybe at some point, maybe we'll see. That's what I could rename it. Yeah, we I could, mean, we could brew in the firehouse. Honestly, are there any uh, are there any firehouses that have breweries? Well, uh, great story. Matt Sebastianelli is uh, he has a mobile canning truck that sure. he does. He started out with one truck. Okay. He would like if you made a bunch of beer. You say, Matt, come up. I got 300 cans. I need you. He'll pull up. What? He'll can it and drive away. Wow. He has. 
How I, far? I keep, yeah, well, <laughs> how far will you well, Matt, Matt's an awesome guy. Uh, and I forget the name of his company, but he has several trucks in many states. Like he grew very rapidly because this idea just launched with craft guys. They don't have to worry about the extra cost of uh, bottling or whatever. Right. Yeah. He just pulls up. He takes care of the product. It's all packaged, labeled, whatever, and he drives away. And he's he's doing this for like production breweries, or he's doing he, it for home brewers. Well, from what I understand, he'll do it for home brewers in larger quantities. Okay, craft guys are most of his target. Okay, but he's wicked smart guy. He's fireman in DC. Sure. Okay. Um, it, it's very eclectic in the fire department because you have people who, uh, you know, the umpires baseball games. You have guys who bow hunt. You know, boaters. You, and when I came in, most of us were blue collar. Like I was a carpenter by trade. Sure. Yeah. And we have plumbers, HVAC guys, you know, roofers. We all help each other. It used to be like, call up, hey, buddy, I need your help. And then you did them a favor later on, you know? Yeah. That's so, uh, but div- there's there's a couple guys I know that, that do it. I haven't really sat and talked to them. I'm kind of trying to be timid and humble and stay back a little bit mm. because I know I don't have their, their knowledge. I don't have right. the requisite knowledge to have a conversation with them. So if they ask me, I'll be like, yeah, man, that's what I'm doing. What do you think? You know? Yeah. Well, uh, I think, though, the beauty of the homebrew community, and we've been kind of blown away at, at the response. I mean, we're, we're two guys starting a podcast who, who have been brewing for a couple of years and somebody who's presenting at a national conference agreed to come on our show. Like the homebrew community is so supportive of one another. You usually, if you go to a fellow homebrewer and you say, Hey man, I'm just starting up. Let's chat about brewing. Uh That's all it takes. And you'll learn a ton. We started this because we showed up at the homebrew club, not the, the, uh, the Friday night club at the homebrew shop during a bottle share that we didn't know was happening. And Mm. they were so amazing and welcoming to us. And we were like, man, every brewer should have the experience of talking to someone else who brews and brews the way they do. And that's that's really what this is about. Well, And, and it's probably because you guys, you know, being being new, I'm always afraid of not being proper or saying something wrong or be like, oh, yeah, and then I added the hops. Uh, dumb, you're not supposed to add the hops. You know, whatever. Right. Always and, uh, add the hops. Always. <laughs> Double it. You can basically add the hops at any time, by the way. I mean. But again, like somebody like Jay, who I've known for years, yeah. and uh, like I know I could call him right now and be like, Jay, I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, do this or go in this direction. But, you know, other guys, I, I, I don't know what their level is or their intensity and uh, try to be kind of chill when, especially on a topic I don't know a lot about. So you're a few batches away for uh, from providing beer for the next firehouse party. <laughs> you never know. You know what I mean? I'm a... I got 48 of those bottles. Those, the, yeah. They put Natty in them and Red Stripe. So and those are my favorite. That I call them brain grenades. Yeah, because they're just like powerful. And, uh, that is that, awesome. Uh, That's awesome. So I want to. I want to do. I want to do like two cases and have friends come over and just enjoy my beer. And uh, I hope. I hope I don't over pellet them. You know what I mean? Like, bah. I think yeah. I think they'll be fine. Well, I mean, here's here's also the secret. If they're your friends and they come over and they drink the beer and they didn't pay for it, they're yeah. not going to tell you the truth. Yeah, it's free. It's for me. Exactly. And they're not going to tell you the truth. What you need to do is you need to look into their eyes when they take the first sip, because otherwise you won't know. Unless you have good friends who are honest. Yeah, that's right. Video them. Yeah, like that. Look for really honest friends after like the third batch. Once you once you uh-huh. like you're really into it and you're like, well, now I want to make sure. Look for like the most honest friend and be like. Here, try this. Mm-hmm. And that's a good time to get some good on it. Up until that point, just it's free beer. Yeah. Here, have at it. A couple guys who live around me, I know if I called them and be like, tell me what you think. Right. They, they would be like, eh, they, they, they would be honest. But again, I don't know my, we have a big statement in the fire department. Stay mm-hmm. in your lane. Stay in your lane. Don't yeah. get out of your lane, you know, and uh, kind of staying in my lane. 
or right. what I perceive as my lane, you know? I think it's probably... Like, I feel like I should shout out... So we all, I think everyone who homebrews, I'm assuming, we all have that one guy or that one woman who got us into brewing. So I feel like Ryan Shrum, shout out to you, 10 years ago, brewed our first batch of beer and then going... Well, not going strong. I took a few few years off. Uh Well, how much much do you brew? Like, how often do you guys brew? Uh, we we started off trying to when we started brewing together. Um, yeah, uh, we decided we were going to try to brew four a year to kind of just that kind of fits our schedule. And we've brewed seven or eight times a year since we started brewing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we were like, uh, we kind of got the bug. Well, and you mentioned earlier, like you make a mistake or there's a beer that doesn't turn out quite the way you want. Like you're just itching to get into that next batch. Like we brewed a pumpkin ale, and you know with pumpkin ales you got to add you have to add the spices. And we tried to add. We didn't have controlled fermentation, so we added the, we wanted to add the clove flavor, not with yeast, but with just you know clove spices. Uh-huh. And we added the clove, uh, and then more clove, and then some more clove after that. And instead of getting a pumpkin pie deliciousness, we got a clove ale. It uh, was yeah, it was like drinking clove a little bit because it was also really uh, really light too. It was like a four. Yeah, four percent. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad beer. It was not what we intended. No, it and was we we, we wanted to water. dig in really quick after that and get to uh, something that because there's nothing like intending a beer and then that's what ends up in the glass or something like it. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm keeping my expectations like small and simple right now, so I don't over over anxious myself and get pulled or torn away. I mean, if you if you're if you're starting, you want to add some grains. Like you want to do something that I mean, probably stick to some extract, right? But if you want to do some grains, like like do the kits. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I've done many a kit over the years. Well, that's the best part. The day I I was with Jay, you saw the pictures. Sure. The uh, it had the kit. It had proper quantity. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like someday, I'm and like the way I perceive you guys are like you just have a whole bunch of hops laying around and you know how much and you know what I mean you don't have to be again fourth grade you don't have to you don't require the quantities to be prepackaged for you if if I'm right so we don't have them lying around but we go to the homebrew shop before every brew and I'm I'm kind of like a when I get into something it's a deep it's a deep deep dive Uh so I read like three or four different books when I first started. I read all of the internet, not all of it. Some of the internet on brewing. <laughs> you have it's mostly the end cats. of the internet. And then, and then the the brewing software, Beersmith, that I use, the guy who puts that out has a, a brewing podcast. It's uh, the Brewsmith Home Brewing Podcast. And I listened to every episode that he put out. Uh-huh. And so I was like, ah, oh, I can't brew a, I can't brew a kit. I don't want to brew a kit. I'm going to brew this recipe. I'm going to make a recipe. And if it's terrible, I'm going to fix it. But, you know, Aaron was is, quite ambitious when he started out. There's, but, you but I are, made you some, are quite inspirational. Like from but my, but there's position. some beers that I made where it just wasn't right. Like <laughs> they, I, we haven't dumped anything except for Jason's hydrometer beer. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the great hydrometer. Uh, the great hydrometer. But you know, I tried to make a Dunkelweiss and it uh, wasn't quite right. Uh, it, it was drinkable. We drank it all. I, I tried to make a strawberry. Actually, the strawberry lager was pretty good, but we tried to make that pumpkin beer. Uh-huh. wasn't quite right. Had to learn the, some I, things. I had that strawberry lager. The though. strawberry lager. Yeah, How, did you that, enjoy it? I, I did. Yeah, it was just. It wasn't too sh- strawberry. It was, and it was a good beer to me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. We we appreciate. It. That's the, I made that for my wife because she approved getting the keezer. Yeah, that's because uh, I'm not really a fan of uh, a fan of fruit beer myself, but I, I respect it. So I made that for my wife Kelly, but. You make some more mistakes, but you when you when you are picking the ingredients or using the sauce and the, the nice thing is like 
I couldn't do it. People who homebrewed before the last 10 years when there wasn't software and there wasn't all these tools, like mm-hmm. it's the amount of information available to you as a home brewer is absolutely tremendous. The quality of ingredients. You're, you're cheapening my, my experience. No. no. <laughs> you guys had it through the hard days, the real, the real struggle. <laughs> well, I mean, there, if you listen to the stories of people who started brewing in the, in the, in the late seventies and early eighties, when it first became legal again, yeah. Some of those guys were brewing with like baker's yeast, and no you know way. that's what the kids would come with. And it's like, oh gosh, now there's so many yeast trains that you know you have to. There's so many options available, and sometimes that's sometimes it's actually debilitating because you're like, oh gosh, what in the world am I yeah, going to choose? Too, too many options. Yeah. But uh, the first time you decide to make a recipe, and this is where I struggled. The first time I made my own recipe, I was nervous. I went to the homebrew shop, kind of like you. I, I was I felt like I was out of my lane because I was like, oh, this is my second beer. I'm going to do all grain, and mm-hmm. I'm making my own recipe. I'm not using a kit. And I was I went in there and I just asked for what I wanted. They put it in a bag, and I came home. But don't do that. Mm-hmm. Go in, ask them to go in their grain room, or ask them taste, like, eat the grain. Okay. And if that, they'll you know, let you. They'll, they'll, they'll let you. If they don't, pick a new homebrew shop. News to me. Yeah. yeah. Eat the grain. Smell the hops. Like think about what it is you want in the glass. Think about how that's like a couple of the, my last recipe was the Scottish ale. I was gonna do. I was like, oh, I'm gonna make a creative Scottish ale. I'm gonna get the Scottish flavor, but I'm not gonna use Scottish malt. And then I went in and I tasted all the things I thought I was gonna use, and then I tasted the Scottish malt. Uh, the Golden Promise, and I was like, "No, I can't make it without this. This is perfect." And it, it changes what you're doing. So, uh-huh. like, but don't be nervous like me and refuse to ask them to give you that experience where you're getting kind of the full the, the full meal deal when you're in the homebrew shop. Good I've, good I've, I've never gotten bad advice from uh, anyone at any homebrew shop. They all they all love what they do. Okay, like, and they for the most part, I've never encountered someone that worked at a homebrew store who didn't homebrew. Like it's gotcha. You're not, like, it's not somebody just working a, a part time job. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're part of it. They're there because like they're into it. Well, and that that kind of reminds me of like well, I told you I, I smoke uh, beef, pork, fish, chicken, whatever. Yeah. When I first started that, I went exactly to the recipe. I went if they said you know two tablespoons of this, that's all I put in. And then as I matured in it, and I've been doing it probably. 10 years. Oh. Well, actually 13 years I've been I've been smoking. And uh I now I I can do it by touch, by feel. I want a little more of this or I want to so I think I'm picking up what you're putting down is that uh you know, I'll I'll get that creativity yeah. later on yeah. down the pipe once I've once I've done the basics and uh Absolutely. Yeah. follow the recipes and the rules and, and then I'll know where I can branch and where I can't. Yeah. yeah, and you'll know, and you'll get a feel for what's good. But what I what I think I just learned is that ten years from now, uh, Sean is going to put together one hell of a beer and barbecue day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. and I'll be retired. <laughs> that's that's exactly that's exactly right. So, well, if you get to Maryland, I better be the first phone call, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I might DM you on Twitter. That's my. That's how I roll. But, awesome. Uh, that's right. On the way. At Plato's. Gravity. By the way, thank you so much, uh, Sean, for you. at Plato's Gravity is where we are at on Twitter. Podcast at Plato'sGravity.com for email. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your conference to come and do Not this. No problem. This worked out really well. Mm-hmm. We are super excited to have someone in our studio uh, with me, Jason, and the cat, mm-hmm. uh, Roxas, who's been in and out. It's this a, has it's been a cool a, cat. Absolute ton of fun. Oh, Bef- she yeah, hates she's, me. She's awesome. She does not like Jason. Um, before we wrap up, do you have any hydrometer? She, well, <laughs> I assume I, she, he ruined her beer. She the was only, going to drink all the of that only beer. Only thing it could be. I've known that cat for a. Uh, a decade ish. I've yeah, and you try really hard. I try so hard. To it just looks stop so, trying. Uh, yeah. that's a you know what? 
That's good dating advice. Yeah, that exactly. Is, that's like, yeah, whatever, cat. That's another podcast. I think that's <laughs> true. Dating, story. dating advice for Jason is this. Uh, if there's any ladies out there listening uh, who are uh, homebrewers or not homebrewers, uh, Jason is available. At this point, if you're breathing and... That's not true. You that's have, not you true. Higher, you have higher standards at all than that. If you're awake. So do you a have po- any... A pulse above 50. <laughs> I mean, he, sa- he says that, but but Jason has some, some standards. So mm-hmm. you have to... Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. He's really looking for incredibly intelligent and thought provoking conversation. We are solving the world's problems right now. That's yes. right. That's right. Uh, I mean, we're hoping for a good, you know, 25 to 50 listeners to this episode. So, um, yeah. And, and you know, uh, we, we're, we're hoping that we're reaching more than just the, yeah. the, the demographic of men brewers. There's women who brew, there's women who's, who's, who, ha- who know people who brew, and there's women definitely who drink beer. So, and tomorrow, uh, how to fix your garbage disposal. That's exactly right. If you're, if you're listening out there, uh, Jason, again, just, just uh, podcast at platosgravity.com. <laughs> that goes to me, but I'll make sure Jason sees it. Uh, any any parting questions for us before we uh, before we end up the show, John? Oh, I just I have to thank you guys because it's uh, that excitement I had, uh, you know, put you know put my first brew together uh, was like compounded when I started talking to you and you're like, yeah, we want we want a new guy, we want we want to hit all aspects and I yeah we I can't, I can't thank you guys enough not only for you know honing your craft but bringing it to other people and you know you you've really duplicated my excitement you know and i was telling everybody at the the conference today they're like are we gonna go tonight and i'm like no no i'm being interviewed i'm like a new guy and they they're excited about that so it's uh it's really i tell you what it's it's it seems like something i could get really attached to especially knowing now that there's like great people oh i mean it's 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 a a tremendous community and and i feel like jason and i have only scratched the surface of it as well yeah and again if i if anything thank you so much for having me and it's just been fun beyond words awesome well we're going to wrap up now we want to thank you all for listening uh if you want to connect with sean and uh talk to him about his brewing exploits or his smoking meats exploits mm-hmm. or thank if you're him not a fi- thank if you're, him for his service but you, don't like i don't not know that be, way. if you're yeah. not a firefighter you can thank him for his, mm-hmm. his his service uh you can reach out to him on twitter at sj gilligan s-j-g-i-l-l-i-g-a-n if you have questions for Jason or me, you can email the show at podcast at platosgravity.com and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at platosgravity. Or uh, there's the other one where we drink beer. The untapped one. Yeah, we yeah. have untapped. That's a great idea. That's what we should do after the podcast. Yeah. Untapped. We should have, we'd have a beer. Yeah, oh, we should. We'll, yeah, we'll do let's that. Let's do that. Right, yeah. We'll have a beer after the podcast. Great yeah, we, idea. we'll even log it into Untapped. Actually, the uh, Plato's Gravity Untapped is reserved for the guest beers. So we'll be logging in the Namaste. But if you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. In the meantime, smoke some meat, brew some beer, and have some fun. 